Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm your host, Dave C., and you're listening to Never Isolated, a show hosted here on Torchu. And the show ID is 7910667. And you're most welcome. Indeed, we're back. Uh, sorry, it's taken uh, about a week to get back here, but uh, lots of things have been happening here uh, for myself and many others, of course, here in the UK and indeed worldwide. And uh, as we get on with today's episode of Never Isolated, a podcast where we're talking about uh, the absolutely enormous impact, uh, catastrophic impact in many cases, that this worldwide pandemic, COVID-19, is making upon the world. It uh, made 2020 the most miserable of years in my living memory, and I've lived a long time, hope to live a little bit longer too, but um, it has been a long long slog. Um, uh, It's now, I believe, just over one year since officially the first cases of uh, COVID-19 were were made known to the world, let's put it that way, and um, since the UK has been in about a 10-month period of lockdown and many other countries too, some countries just on their second wave of infection I would say that the UK here, we're we're pretty firmly in our third and uh, most prolonged and uh, since Christmas and New Year, uh, highly impactful um, wave of this pandemic. The wonderful, wonderful National Health Service that we've got, that we crap for our heroes again, uh, heroes in all departments, in all critical jobs uh, on Thursdays. In our particular area, we we actually put candles in our window. Um, But they are, certainly in the NHS, actually dealing with more patients now than it was at the height of the first wave. And in some cases, their own success has made this even more difficult because they have more successful treatments but it does mean that people who were perhaps passing away and couldn't be helped are now being kept alive on these uh, breathing apparatuses on this um, turning process that they have to help patients breathe and of course uh, there's a number of drugs that have been uh, repurposed that have been found to be beneficial in helping these people recover. And as I saw in a a recent in-depth report on the BBC, a lot of the damage done to people who are in these stages where their their bodies are really suffering and they're fighting for their lives, by then the actual COVID-19, the actual virus itself is on the wane it's their body's immune response to that initial uh, catching of the virus that has gone into superdrive and is um, is fighting their own body anyway i didn't mean to go into that but that's the thing when you have 
take the week uh, to get your next episode out. You're listening to episode 152, Never Isolated, official true UK deaths, almost 104,000. With the strap line, the tunnel just got a little longer, but great progress is being made with vaccination numbers here in the UK. That total now being at 6,573,570. Now, today's date is Tuesday, the 26th of January 2021, but those figures are from uh, up to the 25th of January, I believe. Well, let me just play in a little clip before we go on for an episode that will run up to about 30 minutes. And um, let's just play in that short welcome clip. This is Never Isolated podcast here on TalkShoe. And please remember, we have a Twitter account, Never Isolated, all one word. Show ID is 791 Indeed. And now I do do this live on TalkShoe. A small disclaimer, I do work part-time for TalkShoe, but this is not a sponsored podcast. It is uh, my own personal account. Received no special treatment by TalkShoe, um, and I'm using it here. In actual fact, my little job here at TalkShoe came because I was such a fan of the site, and I am first and foremost a very satisfied and uh, user and um very thankful for the site indeed. But um, let's go on with today's episode. Um, <clears throat> just to put in context, by the way, um, when I said that it's been a week, the last episode 151 was entitled Never Isolated Vaccine Rollout for Tuesday the 19th of January. And indeed, just at the end of that, I did say that although on the official um, COVID uh, stats site, which I will give the URL for in a moment. Um, the figure was uh, around 94,000 total deaths. But um, in the um, live feed, um, the surplus deaths, when all the surplus deaths and a further 6,000 deaths that had gone unreported over the Christmas and New Year period had been added into that figure. It had just eclipsed 100,000, but that was not officially mentioned on the live news, as far as I remember, but it is now being stated on the live page. But if you want to check yourself on the stats, which doesn't yet include that uh, 104,000, the site to go to is a UK uh, gov, uh, gov.uk site and the URL is coronavirus or mud coronavirus.data.gov.uk and there are a number of uh, pages there uh, with the deaths and the hospital uh, numbers there so let me just while I'm at that site go to the deaths page which is coronavirus.data .gov.uk.detail, uh, sorry, slash details. Let me get start again, David. Coronavirus.data.gov.uk forward slash UK forward slash details forward slash deaths. And it gives the uh, dates for um, Monday, the um, 25th, 
at 592 further deaths and a total of 98,531. However, on that site, it's showing the total deaths with COVID-19 at a lower figure at 95,829. That has not been updated in this on the same day. Um, with the weekly deaths having been just over six and a half thousand. And just briefly to, since I haven't done this for a week, let me just cover the number of daily deaths, which have been again, a horrific week. So the last episode I did was early on Tuesday, the 19th of January. Uh, later, usually comes out about 4.30 in the afternoon. Some dates it's been later than that, but the dates, that were finally published on the 19th were new deaths 1610 followed by a staggering number on Wednesday the 20th of January the highest yet at 1820 it was on that one that there was an official number of 101000 quoted on the site by one of the health reporters on Thursday the 21st, again, further 1,290 people lost their fight with COVID. And on Friday the 22nd, that again rose to 1,401. And still very high again on Saturday the 23rd at 1,343. These are horrific. It's almost like three or four aeroplane, five aeroplane loads of people crashing out of the sky every day. It is horrific. And it's unbelievable, the grief, because for every person that passes, although some people may be, people who live on their own, perhaps the last surviving member of their family, in many cases, it leaves a devastated wider family and friends. Now, on Sunday and Monday, which, again, with the trailing data, are usually slightly lower, um, they were, in fact, down uh, apparently down anyway, Sunday the 24th, the number was 610 for the deaths. And as I've just mentioned, for yesterday, the 25th, 592. On the vaccination front, however, there has been much more positive. Although it's not been a um, an even figure throughout the UK, uh, and thus has forced the government to respond with opening up even more vaccination figures and trying to extend the hours, uh, the three official approved vaccines that are being used, uh, the people vaccinated with one first dose, um, six million. 573,570. That's over six and a half million, with nearly half a million of those. That's 470,478 who've now received the second dose. And uh, three quarters, I think it was 76% or so, of over 80s now having had the vaccine. The difficulty, of course, is the most frail people having the vaccine, very difficult to be vaccinating them around the clock 24 hours. 
there's been a further uh, clarification from the places where the vaccines are doing that uh, vaccines are not being thrown away. They have secondary lists for people that if they can't make it and they find it towards the end of the day, they're going to have spare vaccinations uh, because you go, of course, to a slot, you book your slot online once you get invited by your um, your your practice, your dent, uh, not dent, your hospital practice, GP practice. Uh, they have a secondary list of care workers and key workers that they pull in at very short notice, so that that those vaccines do not go to waste. And um, to that end, as I say. Um, the vaccine has been, I think, after a slow start and one or two areas in the country slightly lagging others, it has been tremendous. And on a personal note, um, on Thursday, um, that was Thursday the 21st of Jan, um, I went for my vaccine, having just received a text on my phone the day before, on the Wednesday the 20th, the day after I did my last uh, show here. Um, about quarter to nine in the morning, I got an alert to um, go and book, an official uh, number to go and book. Um, I went uh, within 10 minutes online. I, it came up with a map of the five nearest areas to me where I could go uh, and have my uh, vaccination done. One was within three miles. The others were all within 10 miles mostly around six or seven miles away. And I picked the one um, within three miles and uh, I got uh, a booking um, for just after 3 p.m. the very next day. And I'd arranged with a family member to take me. If you go on your own and you have to drive there, you do need to remember that you will be asked to wait after the vaccine a good 15 minutes to make sure that there's no ill effects and you're not feeling dizzy before you will be allowed to leave. But um, I was run by a relative, thank you Gary, and um, he waited in the car park while we went in one entrance, while I went in one entrance, came out uh, all socially isolated, wonderful people there, people on duty outside directing, um, waiting at the door. Uh, we were spaced out on a sort of long ramp so that people with wheelchairs or whatever difficulty walking could get into the building. It was a repurposed by, uh, library, I believe. <coughs> and there were eight lines with a table at the end of each line with a nurse practitioner or whatever uh, giving the vaccines and with a questionnaire there and in front of those spaced out was about six or eight chairs and along each of those eight lines they were spotted a few people waiting for their turn some just sitting there actually having had their vaccinations as i found out later and waiting to sit out there 15 minutes and then I waited at the door until I was waved to one. I was asked a few personal questions, checked about uh, whether, you know, I was checked with temperature and things. And then within five minutes, literally, of sitting down, I had taken my dose. I was given a little card to tell me which vaccine I had. I had the Oxford vaccine and told that the second jab would be now currently planned 12 weeks 
Um, <clears throat> more about that in a moment. I'll just catch my breath. And if you excuse me, I'll just play that little clip one more time. This is Never Isolated <clears throat> podcast here on Talk You. And please remember, we have a Twitter account, Never Isolated, all one word. Show ID is 7910667. Yes, the, um, the, um, there has been a, a defense of this policy. The original idea was that um, the second vaccine would follow uh, shortly, a few weeks after. So that was extended to six weeks after. The idea was to get a larger number of people, at least with that first initial possible 60% protection with the one jab. And if twice as many people could get 60% protection in the scheme of things, that's better for the country as a whole than half that amount getting 90% protection. And that was the way that's gone. Although some uh, people who've done the research, uh, they're saying their figures are based on having the second jab within six weeks. So um, whether that will be under constant revision or not, I don't know. But um, uh, at the moment, there is a very keen need because, of course, there's also been found that in this third wave, younger people are presented not only with uh, mild symptoms, but are actually ending up in hospital. And by young, I mean people in the 30s, 40s and 50s. The um, allocation of the vaccines has got down now and um, all the people and it's the now down. My, I was in the um, 70 plus, but also I think I got in the first wave of the 70 plus because, as I mentioned before, I am under uh, a hospital now for a, uh, a course of treatment and I will be having an upcoming operation within the next 10 days to a fortnight, uh, which put me um, in that category. And um, as I say, I took. I hope that those people that get that message on their phone go as soon as they can. I get a family member to get online and grab their section. It comes up with a basically a, a sort of checkerboard page with um, uh, the uh, the vaccine positions are opportunities or places. A little bit like you might book your shucky shopping delivery with the actual times on and if they've been already allocated they're grayed out so you pick the best one for you and as soon as you do that it grays out for anybody else and you um, uh, confirm it and you get a confirmation text on that and if you do do that make every effort to take that booking Uh, we do not want people to book and only obviously you make that one booking and you do keep it. Right. Um, before we go to the live page on the BBC site, I tend to go to the BBC site for a public need to know basis. Uh, there's awful lot of information there. So I only pick out the headlines. But um, um, because, as the title said, the tunnel got a little longer. Um, schools may not be going back. The Prime Minister said he can't be sure when the schools will go back. They were going to go back the second or third week of January. That time has now passed. Uh, only key workers' children are in schools. There's the pressure on about children missing free school lunches and the debacle about the um, the way that that has been handled and the, the sort of um, foods that have been sent to families. That's a whole new episode to cover. And um, 
even the prime minister was appalled at the um, the uh, thing. Although in actual fact, if you go back to the old wartime thing, that what was on that list of foods looked very sparse. It looked very Spartan indeed, but it covered the the five food groups that it should do. But dear goodness me, it looked. Uh, it looked like wartime rations rather than something that would help a child thrive and and keep their energy levels and health up to bar. I, I, I'm going to sidestep that, if you will, may come back to that when uh, when it's covered again. But um, let me just stick a little bit longer, even though I've already talked for 20 minutes here about vaccine because this is the positive element. So I'm just going to read the little bit that I uh, got from, well, let, let me put in the actual URL. This is coming off the live page now. Um, and I'm going to read this URL out. And by the way, if you're not based in the UK, the text uh, is available. It's not region locked. Any of the videos you see, you may not be able to watch. Okay, the URL is bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash health dash double five five uh, double start again bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash lie. Oh, well, you see, I'm getting it wrong. Apologies, third time. Because that was the one I put in first, and I'm reading from the first one. Uh, bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash health dash double five seven five seven three seven eight. More than a. Uh, uh, let me, let me, let me get that right. I'm going to actually go to the page itself now. Because I think, would you believe even that? I was doing so well. Let me just make sure. Um, and apologies. Well, I'm. I think that's. I'm actually going to not go to that page, but there is information uh, there um, about. Um, that's actually about um, the number of reported deaths. So I'm actually going to go back to the live page. So let me read this URL out. And apologies for that slight mix up there. bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash live forward slash UK dash double Vaccine, uh, vaccine minister confident of UK supplies. Let's let's go to this. Supplies of vaccines are tight, but the UK is confident that it will receive enough doses to meet its targets. The vaccine minister has said. Um, uh, vaccine supplies remain safe and the government is on course to achieve the target of offering 15 million high-risk people a vaccination by mid-February. The EU, however, has warned of tighter restrictions on exports, which could affect, and would you believe it, the page just updated as I was reading yet again. 
So, and it's gone onto a second page now. So now I have to, that is both the advantage of a live page. It means everything is completely up to date, but um, it was updating as I was actually in the process of reading that. There we go. Right, there we go. Um, the EU has warned of tighter restrictions on export, which would affect UK supplies uh, of the Belgium-made Pfizer vaccine. Uh, asked if he had guarantees from Pfizer, uh, I'm very confident with the team. We talk to them all the time and they're confident they will deliver to us. Vaccine supplies are tight and they continue to be. Any new vaccine manufacturing process is going to have challenges. And of course, there was a, not a pause, but there has also been, um, there were some questions about these uh, new variations, these new uh, types of uh, changes to the virus and whether the, the different AstraZeneca and so on would still be as effective with those. Okay, uh, he said um, countries should avoid vaccine nationalisation uh, and ensure a fair global supply. Okay, um, I'm going to uh, stay on this live page now and move upwards because um, going on. Uh, vaccine Minister Nazim Zehawi, and apologies for that, Z-A- H-A-W-I, um, has also asked about introducing new measures that would mean travellers coming to England would have to quarantine in hotels. So there's all too um, much about that, about people, uh, whether people can even think about summer holidays. UK holiday industry ready to help. Rob Patterson, chief executive of Best Western Hotels Group says the hotel industry is ready to assist the UK government if it does adopt the policy of quarantining international arrivals to the country. Other headlines. Uh, these were, it's now uh, coming up to 10 to 12 in the morning and some of these things are, have been on the live site now for a couple of hours. UK government rate Unemployment rate continues to rise. UK's unemployment rate, rate rose to 5% in the three months to November, up from 4.9% as the pandemic continued to be hit the jobs market. Some 1.72 million were out of the work. By the way, I do do international on a lot of these shows, but um, this, with it being a week since the last one, I am catching up on UK news today. Some 1.72 million are out of work at the moment. Uh, you have a look. Awful lot on the new uh, pay, uh, newspapers. The Guardian says the policy is part of a more cautious approach following England's third lockdown. Details are finalised about whether to test to release uh, yeah, there's some idea about that. Uh, there was a question about if you have your vaccine, and of course, even with the first vaccine, you have protection, uh, but not full protection. But could you still give someone else the virus? Could that virus still be in your throat, not be invading your system, but you possibly um, uh, pass that on? So there's been more 
research done into that. Let's go to Nick Triggle, the health correspondent. I always uh, take very seriously what he says. Uh, I, I believe he's got a, a good grip on the on the statistics because he's not on the front line of fighting the fire, as it were, so he can do a little bit more deep analysis. So I'm going to read a little bit more of his uh, uh, post here, but please do go to bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash live forward slash uk dash double five eight zero eight four twelve the latest tension over the supply of covid vaccine is an illustration of how fragile the issue is says nick there is huge global demand for the covid vaccine limited raw materials and constraints on manufacturing the UK already has enough vaccine to jab all the highest risk groups by mid-February, although not all has been packaged up and not all through the safety checks. This explains why ministers are confident about the immediate target of the over 70s, health and care workers and extremely clinically vulnerable. But what is in doubt? is how quickly the UK can vaccinate in the medium term. With the Oxford Zeneca vaccine manufactured in the UK, those supply routes are more guaranteed. But the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine is made in Belgium and the UK, like the rest of the, sorry, um, like the rest of Europe, and is affected by the problems with manufacturing that is being experienced with the vaccine. With Europe experiencing major problems rolling out its vaccination programme, per head of population, five times fewer vaccines have been delivered. And this is a story <coughs> that is going to rumble on for months. And of course, in America, um, with the new president in place, uh, one of the first thing he's done is um, in his first hundred days, I think he wants is it a hundred million vaccinations in a hundred days? Uh, is um, the um, the uh, the task that has been set in the USA? Let me just jump through this and mentioned about the UK registers more than a hundred thousand deaths. Let me read this because we may have to stop soon because we are already at the 30 minute mark. More than a hundred thousand deaths involving coronavirus have been registered in the UK according to the latest figures, figures from the Office of National Statistics. That's the O N S. Some 7,776 deaths involving coronavirus were registered in the UK in the week of January the 15th, bringing the total to nearly 104,000. The ONS figures are based on death certificates that mention coronavirus as being involved in the death. These are different to the government daily figures, which report daily deaths within 28 days of the positive test. That figure currently stands at 98,531. That's the one that they mention on the news. Other news, very briefly. Latin America's richest man, Carlos Slim, has COVID. Of course, um, Larry, um, oh, the chat show host, let me, let me just, uh, why has his name just gone out of my head? Um,
Oh, that's gone off the front page already. Excuse me one moment. Why am I not getting his second name there? Oh, why is that not coming to me? Yeah, I see old age there, David. Old age. Um, you, the um, American chat show host. Um, why is it not coming to me? Oh, I'm, I'm, let me go on with it and the, the name will come to me. Um, stay, stay, stay on target, David. King, Larry King uh, passed away. That was the, the other one I was trying to think. Let me um, go back to the headings on the live page. So, uh, that's twice. That's twice. Um, Mauritius begins rollout of coronavirus. Uh, Mauritius started nationwide COVID-19. Um, uh, who will be affected by the hotel quarantine policy? And again, just as I've read that, the live page is updated. So I apologize. I'm going to play in my clip one, not all of it, just while I refresh the page. This is Never Isolated podcast here on Talk you and please remember we have a Twitter account okay that would just give me time to um, get this we're now up to three pages on this first page but um, I'm going to move briefly up it quickly we do need to close out US strengthens travel ban um, in the US tra uh, President Joe Biden has reimposed the US travel ban that Donald Trump uh, lifted just days before his term ended on non-US visitors from Brazil and would you believe it it's just updated a third time I mean the, 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 we are in things are just moving so fast here um, the move comes as several new variants of coronavirus have emerged out of these countries and the national coronavirus case count above 25 million cases now in the United States. We have the unemployment. Um, care home, this is the one that's just come up, care home deaths in the UK surpass 30,000 and this is just in England and Wales doesn't include the figures for Northern Ireland and Scotland more than 30,000 care home residents in England and Wales have now died with COVID the latest figures from the Office of National Statistics show a total of 30,110 deaths in care home residents please do go to the BBC site I'm only reaching the very top of these things um, NHS, NHS stretched in extremely, in an extreme way. This is why I'm saying the tunnel got longer, even though greater and greater efforts are being done. Uh, it's a pace, isn't it, between whether we're gaining on the virus or whether the virus is outstripping our efforts. Very briefly here, 
NHS England's chief executive, Simon Stevens, says the number of COVID patients in hospital in England is currently plateauing just under 33,000. Now, remember, there is the people already in the system and still coming in the system means that the death numbers will still stay high because it can be up to 14, 20, 22 days before the numbers of really ill people go through to the intensive care and possibly uh, survive or not. Speaking to MPs, he said that an incredibly high number, which followed the huge acceleration since Christmas, adding that all sorts of knock-on consequences for patients and NHS services for other things. One of the things I have a concern about is that uh, an operation that I've got planned will not get um, postponed. Okay. Uh, there's a what happened. Uh, that's where uh, there was a, a an update to all the things. Let me have a very quick thing on this. Uh, more about the using hotels for quarantine. That's people recovering. They're off the ventilators, but still too ill to go home. They're talking about. Uh, moving them to these hotels to make more space for other recoveries. So you get a, you've got people coming in, they get, perhaps get worse, then they go on ventilators, then they go in an aftercare, then from the aftercare into possibly these specially uh, set aside places. Uh, NHS collecting uh, ethnicity data on vaccine take up and that was the most recent update that has just come in at 5 to 11 so we'll finish on this the head of hns england sir simon stevens is answering mp's questions that's why it's updating a lot there's mp questions going as we speak he confirmed the health services collecting data on the ethnicity of people taking up covid vaccines um, as he listed challenges uh, i know that there was a muslim karik that public went and had it uh, and a mosque that was uh, uh, opening up and encouraging uh, uh, their followers to you know, don't believe that and it was um, muslim law did not prevent them from having the statistics. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of their religious uh, thoughts on this. So I'd be very cautious of what I say. Uh, I just know that there is less certainty in certain ethnic minorities about uh, coming forward and that is trying to be addressed and trying to reassure people. So please, please, please go to the site for that. I do not want to give anything that can be construed as um, not. Uh, uh, so Simon is giving evidence to the health and social care and sciences technology committees. He described the vaccine take up so far among the over 80s particular as fantastic. So with the word fantastic, I'm going to stop for today. Thanks ever so much for listening to this episode 152 and I'm going to play us out. Please keep safe, keep confident and um, if you get a chance to book a vaccine jab, please do take it. Thank you for listening to Never Isolated, show ID 791 
hosted here on TalkShoe. Bye for now. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.